Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana TV. I'm Coulter Nuanez. Missed anything in the first hour is a fun first hour. Kicked off our senior spotlight, which is going to be a series of interviews highlighting the best senior athletes from around the state of Montana, both males and females. Dylan Rollins, the recently anointed Montana Gatorade Player of the Year, a Missoula Sentinel senior and a future BYU Cougar. He swung by the studio. So fun to get things kicked off with a bang with Dylan. Uh, we will feature... I, don't, I can't decide how many I want to do. It, it just kind of depends on how many kids I can catch up with. I know people get really busy in Montana in the summer, but planning on, I'd say, at least 10, maybe as many as 12 or 14 um, subjects for our senior spotlight. So we'll highlight a variety of the best athletes from across the state of Montana. Second straight year we've done that. One of my favorite things to do here on Nuana is now. We also heard from Carolyn, our resident chick who doesn't know sports, talking about LeBron James. Is he soft? Is he not? Is he an actor? Who knows? Is Aaron Rodgers just a big baby? I don't know. Carolyn has great perspective. It's always fun to flesh things out with her. And uh, we also had our weekly Treasure State Stars, highlighting some of the best athletes from across the great state of Montana. You want to find anything from that first hour, you can find it on the podcast. Podcast is available all your podcast hosting platforms, as well as our station website, 1029ESPN.com. The podcast is proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, The Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, and Sportsbet Montana. You guys listened so well in that first hour. 
I queued you up, and I said I got dozens of Osprey, uh, Missoula Paddleheads, excuse me, tickets. I'm, this is going to be, <laughs> this is going to be my my Freudian slip for quite some time. Jeff Safford, by the way, for those watching on SWX Montana Television, the new voice of the Paddleheads is joining me in studio. And uh, Jeff, you're lucky because you get a fresh start. You're used to the Paddleheads. My first job of my whole life. When I was a 15-year-old kid in Missoula, was working for the Osprey. So this is going to, I'm going to continue to slip up. I know it's not the Osprey, it's the Paddleheads, but I'm going to keep doing this. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things that I know the Paddleheads have been in this community since um, 1999, or the organization in general has been sure. here since 1999. So it's going to take a little bit getting used to and that type of thing. But yeah, I'm excited to be here for the season. Um, it's been kind of a whirlwind getting into the Missoula oh, marketplace and everything else. We've been kind of talking on that a little bit, but uh, I'm excited to be here. A season just a few days away as well, so should be some fun baseball. We're excited to have you, man, and uh, welcome to town from us here at ESPN Missoula as well as everybody around the great state of Montana. Like I was saying, you guys listened really well. I gave, I said I had a bunch of tickets to give away. I said all you had to do was call or text and just do it, do it, do it as much as you can. Well, the tickets are gone, so I plan to give them away for the, for the duration of the show, but you guys already got them all t- taken up, so so congratulations to all of our winners. We, I mean, that was, I think, the fastest we've ever given away something like that. That was a dozen-plus tickets, and they, and they were out the door. So thank you for listening. And uh, if you want to continue to communicate with us, be a part of the show. Call us, text us, 406-361-3688. That's 361-3688. All guests join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. Jeff, before we get into this Paddleheads team, because by the way, if you missed the memo, the Missoula Paddleheads do make their long-awaited debut on Saturday evening uh, at Ogren Field Allegiance Park, Ogren Park Allegiance Field. See, I'm just all over the place today. I can't even get any of my stuff right. You guys know where it's at. It's the beautiful baseball stadium down by the river. But the Missoula Paddleheads versus the Great Falls Voyagers Saturday night. So we will get into... uh, what's been going on in terms of the roster, what we're expecting out of this squad, what the Pioneer League might be like this summer. But first, let's talk about you. You've been in Montana for a little while, right? So you were living up in Haver before you got down here to Missoula. So uh, tell us about your time up on the High Line. Well, it was was a very um, rewarding couple of years. Um, Before I came out to Haver, I spent a couple of seasons working in minor league baseball in the Pacific Association. If that name sounds familiar, it's because the new president of the Pioneer League, Mike Shapiro, was a general manager of the San Rafael Pacifics, who was in the Pacific Association. And so I spent a couple of years there, and I just was looking for a full-time opportunity and was very lucky to get to work with Ron Baruski, who's very well known up there on the high line. And and I'll say this about Haver. Folks up there are very friendly in general. Like, one of the, you know, if you meet somebody, you know, it's the type of guy that if you treat them well, they'll give you the shirt off their back. You know, they're very friendly people, very tight-knit community. They love the Haver Blue Ponies. Love them. I mean, they go crazy, especially, I mean, I mean, how many communities are people going to go crazy for a Class A high school basketball game? I mean, for their... When the Blue Ponies are playing, girls or boys, it's everybody's everybody's either in the Blue Pony Corral or they're listening to my old colleague Chris Reyes on the air on KOJM. I mean, that's just how it is, and uh, I mean, it brought me here. So I'm very happy to have been there and spent those years in Haver and got some great experience working with some great people, and here I am. And he didn't freeze to death. That's the best no, news uh, out of all of it. The cold there, it is, it is different. Um, this, oh, buddy. This past winter, there was a streak, I believe it was, it was almost 10 consecutive, like, 24-hour days where the temperature did not make it above zero. I believe it. It was, 
and it was brutally cold for a long time. <laughs> I fully believe it. I once upon a time in my previous life as an athlete, I had a, a pretty, I mean, as, as close to a full ride as you can get to the NAIA level to go play football at Montana State Northern. It was right when Mark Sampson had just taken over as the head coach. Mark Sampson was one of the legendary coaches in the history of Montana high school football, had won half a dozen state championships at Helena Capital. And it was very intriguing because, I mean, quite frankly, Helena Capital beat our butts when we were in, uh, when I was a sophomore in high school. I remember Coach Sampson. So when he was sitting there recruiting me, I'm thinking, oh man, this could be okay. This could be okay. Then I went on a visit to Haver and uh, I made the executive decision. I didn't think I could make it for five years. It was more that I wanted to go to drills in school. I shouldn't bag on Haver because I love Haver. I think Haver is an awesome town. I love the Montana Highline. It's one of my favorite places in the world. I was actually supposed to go up to the Highline this weekend uh, for a little excursion on one of my great friends uh, farms and ranches but uh, we got snowed out I think that's the highlight of the nutshell right yeah she called earlier and said hey not much going on up here in terms of branding and seeding because uh, it's about 29 (laughs) degrees and snowing (laughs) so we had to cancel the road trip up north but either way uh, it is a great place to cut your teeth and and cover high school sports and and all the like so uh, tell the people kind of what what was your roles up there though in Haver because it's a little bit different sort of, of sports broadcasting. We have our show here in Missoula. It's out of a studio, all this stuff. But you guys were doing real journalism. You're out in the communities. You're hitting up games. You're doing play-by-play. You're doing sports updates, all sorts of stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, new media broadcasters, that's the cluster of stations up there on the high line. And they're it, you know, for news, weather, sports, everything. And people rely on on that, on us. It's, for a, giving it, it's them an that. incredibly important part of the community. I mean, it, it, honestly, you're doing a great civic duty by covering this stuff up there. Sports is obviously fun and brings the right. community together, but weather in that part of the world is a very essential thing that people need to have covered. Right, and you know, and, and we're the people passing along information as well. You know, hey, somebody's dog is lost. You know, like stuff, even stuff like that is people are relying on us to get that information out, and that was a big part of what we did, but. In terms of sports, we we covered it all. I mean, every Blue Pony game was on the air for, for basketball and football, um, along with the Chinook Sugar Beaters. That's a Class C school out east of there. Um, I love the Sugar Beaters. And, and when tournament time comes, um, the District 9C tournament is in Haver, and we would cover the entire tournament wall-to-wall. Every game, every loser out, 8 a.m. game, we were there doing play-by-play. And then the three teams that would advance, we would cover them on from divisionals and if they went from divisionals to state and so on. And, you know, I think that that was very rewarding as well. And I think that that's unique in that, you know, we're, we followed the Fort Benton Longhorns, the Class C champions from the girls' side, all the way through the entire tournament, which was rewarding. And it may, I think it made it a lot more fun as a journalist to kind of see this run through the whole thing. And that was very rewarding. For sure. Jeff Saver joining us. He is the new voice of the Missoula Paddleheads. Talking some of his time up on the highlight. Do you have any specific uh, athletes that you're going to remember forever? Any, any people that struck you? Because you're, you're originally a California guy, right? So you've watched, right. you watched a lot of uh, high school athletes. And obviously California has some of the greatest in the country. But was there anybody that really stood out, boy or girl, that you covered up there that you're going to remember, tell stories about someday? One in particular is that I'm going to be watching. I touched on the Fort Benton girls basketball team. I'll remember her because her name's Aspen Geese. She's a guard, um, all state, um, fantastic player. And the reason I say I'll probably follow her career is because she will be playing at MSU Billings this, so cool. this next season. So I think that's 
that's one athlete. It's, you know, it's a local, relatively local athlete. And it's kind of someone that you can keep your eye on and see how they're doing. And, and two, like the, um, the Haver Blue Ponies, they've had a couple of players go through their system, like um, Kendall Keller is with sure. the, on the Grizz right now, so that'll be kind of a fun name to watch. And Sophia Styles is from Malta, which is kind of in the same vicinity. Vicinity, sure. yeah, yeah. You know, so it's it's kind of fun. Like whenever I think that'll be part of it for me too. Whenever I see someone from the High Line going forward, it'll be like, oh heck yeah, you know. You know, for the high line, you know, that's awesome. The high, high line's one of the greatest places in the world. A shout out to all my high line people out there, especially those from Chester, Montana. I love it, but uh, love everybody from the high line. Haver has it, man. That's what they always say. Yeah, that's right. Jeff Safford, new voice of the Missoula Paddleheads, joining us in studio. By the way, usually Tuesdays we do our baseball segment. We decided to reorganize a little bit, mostly because I was out on Tuesday. So uh, I, I had a little, had a little hiccup, a little sick, and uh, I'm back in the saddle now. But uh, from here on out, mostly Tuesdays. But they'll also probably check in with Jeff before a Paddlehead's homestands as well, probably Thursdays or Fridays for a quick hit as well. But we our baseball segment with Matt Ellis and Jeff and Riley Corcoran, Sean Randy, every, all of our great contributors, that will continue to be on Tuesdays uh, beginning again this next week. Let's talk about the Paddleheads then. First of all, let's talk about independent league baseball in general because you have called independent league baseball before, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. So you're very familiar with this level I have always found independent league stuff fascinating. There's been guys that have come from the Indy League to play for then previously the Osprey and now the Paddleheads in the past. But I remember, uh, I guess the summer of 2019, Andrew Houghton, who was a, a great writer for me at SkylineSportsMT.com and also did some uh, online stuff for us at ESPN Missoula, he wrote a great feature about just the ins and outs of what makes independent league baseball fascinating and fun. I think that people around here are... Very open to the idea of the Missoula Paddleheads being an independent league team, but I think there's still a little bit of grasping of what that actually means. So you have been a part of independent league teams before. Just take people through sort of some of the details and differences to what they maybe are used to seeing at a, a normal Class A or high rookie ball level like this has always been. Well, a rookie level team, they're a little bit limited on the type of player that they can sign, right? Because they're looking for the young prospect that's in their first year year in professional baseball where an independent league team isn't that limited. Granted, if you look at the Paddleheads roster, it's not like you're going to find guys that are in their 30s, but you're going to see guys with a little bit of experience, like just looking at their pitchers, 24, 25, 25, 26, you know, they're all guy, the majority of the players that that the Paddlehead organization have brought in are all affiliated guys that have been in affiliated baseball. A lot of them got drafted in the June amateur draft. And so they have a little bit of a taste of that, you know, rookie level experience. And now a team like this provides them an opportunity to continue their career while not being in affiliated baseball with these other limitations. Because the Paddleheads, they just want to put the best player, best team on the field, period, with what they can get. And I think that's the unique thing versus rookie level versus this, is this team is going to be just a great compilation of players. It's not so much about just young up-and-coming guys that the Diamondbacks or whoever wants to get a look at, so to speak. I think that the simplest way to put this is there's going to be a significantly higher priority on winning, right? Absolutely, yes. And if you talk to Matt Ellis, that he would make that pretty evident that he wants to win baseball games. And from my perspective, I think that's, that's going to be a lot of fun, not only as a journalist covering the team, but 
from the Missoula community as well, that they're going to see a great product on the field, that it's going to be like, hey, this is great baseball, you know, that they're going to have a lot of fun coming out to the game. And uh, and independent baseball does create um, a little bit of fun flair. There's always something in a minor league ballpark, in an independent ballpark, that's always just a little bit fun. Um, it's just, you know, they do little fun promotional things, and it's just, it's not as... I don't know if buttoned up is the right word to use, sure. but it's, but there's fun little promotions and obviously they'll be a little bit different than the Pacific Association, but I'll use something that Mike Shapiro did um, with the Santa Rafael Pacifics. At one point they had a boxing night and they literally bought a mat, like a <laughs> ring on the field. And they had Barry Tompkins, a hall of fame boxing voice who's on Showtime come in and they had like a three round, like, <clears throat> you know, exhibition match in the middle of the game. You know, that's the kind of crazy stuff that happens at a minor league baseball game. You never know. It's just kind of fun of coming out to the ballpark. And I think it's special. I think it's unique. And I hope Missoula is behind it. I think Missoula definitely should be because this is so much better than the alternative. The alternative was, first of all, I think this is going to be a lot more appealing to Missoula sports fans in general because as a Missoulian myself, I could tell you that the thing that Missoula loves more than anything is a winner. And people that are big sports fans in Missoula that have spent money on tickets for all of the events that could be offered in Missoula, whether it's Grizz football or men's and women's basketball at the uh, University of Montana, those teams have won at such a high level for a full generation. I know Grizz football is sort of making its way back to the the utter dominance it once uh, held at the FCS ranks. But, I mean... Basically, over the last 25 years, three out of every four home games you could have gone to are featuring winners. And I think that it's been up and down for the Osprey then turning into the Paddleheads only because that hasn't been the requirements. You might have a 5-1 lead and you got a, you know, your your 19-year-old lefty in the game and he starts getting shelled. But the, 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 uh, the mother club says, hey, we want to see him throw 75 pitches tonight no matter what it takes and this guy might be on out number two and he's already given up six runs or they want to see him in a specific scenario let's just say like a bad scenario a scenario that a real manager would ever put a guy in right 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 and and that's tough from a player's perspective as well because you look at um i'll use Bruce Bo- Bruce Bochy, the old manager of the san francisco giants of course when he he always talked about with his pitchers is if he's going to get you up and get you warm, then you're going in the game and you know your role. And, and in that type of a scenario where it, you don't really know your role, it's about what the organization wants to see, it can affect the player as well in their performance. There's all sorts of different scenarios. The give and take here is the Osprey previously have had guys that were you know, the, the, the number one overall pick in the Major League Baseball draft has come to Missoula before. I believe once, maybe twice. There's been top five picks pretty much every year. Those guys are, unfortunately, usually only here for about, you know, 50 at-bats by the time they're moved up to double-A or whatever it might be. Right. Uh, but on one hand, I think we're, it's going to be very rare that we see a Sergio Santos again, the kid from the Dominican Republic who was a 19-year-old who's number four overall draft pick. He was only in Missoula for about a month that guy's probably not ending up in Missoula anymore. That's That part is unfortunate. On the other side, though, you're going to see a whole bunch of guys and a whole bunch of coaches and managers that 
are a lot more advanced in terms of their ability to manage games and, and play the game of baseball. So for a baseball purist, this seems like uh, a, a vast improvement just in terms of what you're going to see on the field, right? I would think so, yeah. And I kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but just if you look at the Paddleheads roster, it's just full of guys that are, you know, between 23 and 25 years old and guys that a lot of them came from D1 colleges and a lot of them were drafted and were part of some type of a major league organization at some point. And just because that they weren't part of the organization and they're not now does not mean that they're great players because there's so many factors that weigh into the type of guys that either stay or move up in those other levels of minor league baseball. And the goal for all of these players is to get back there, to get back to the affiliated ranks. And and this type of league is a showcase for them, basically. It can show other teams that, hey, I can do X, Y, and Z and fill whatever role you want me to fill. And I think that that's really cool, that these guys are coming out here and they're basically trying to chase their dreams to get back to affiliated baseball, even in the big leagues, because... Even from the Pacific Association, which would be a lower classification that Pioneer is, there's guys that pitched in that league that I covered that were in the major leagues. Chris Massa, pitcher, he pitched for the Boston Red Sox, a starting pitcher. He was on the San Rafael Pacifics in 2017. And now and I saw him three years later pitching on Sunday Night Baseball at Yankee Stadium, you know? It's just that it can happen, you know? It's still going to happen. I, I think that has also been one of the great parts about being affiliated is you did see more than 70 guys move from Missoula onto the big leagues at some point. And then you do, you can say, hey, you know, I, I can say I interviewed Paul Goldschmidt for an entire summer one summer. That part's cool, but I guess we, we still will have uh, those sorts of connections as well. It's the voice of the Paddleheads, Jeff Saffer, joining me, Coulter Nuanas, in studio. It's Nuanas now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Statewide Television, SWX Montana TV. We'll touch base, talking baseball, mostly paddleheads, but all the way around the greater world of baseball as well. Each and every week, we'll mostly do it on Tuesdays. We're doing it here on a Thursday, mostly because we just got our whole glut of tickets. So we got all sorts of tickets. We'll be giving away paddleheads tickets throughout the summer. Um, unfortunately, I already, you guys were so good at calling and texting. I already gave away our allotment for today. But appreciate it, and congratulations to all the winners. But there's still plenty of tickets available. You want to go catch a ball game uh, down at the ballpark. 7 p.m. first pitch, right? 7.05 first pitch on Saturday night. And if you, if you can't make it down or you don't want to make it down, whatever, we got you covered all season long here on ESPN Missoula, as well as SWX Montana Television. I think there'd be, what, about two dozen games that are uh, simulcast on the TV and the radio, right? Yes. Um, SWX will cover um, games that are played on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays, and then on home games. Home games, right. Right. And then the then the other games during the week will be radio only. And um, opening night should be a lot of fun. Um kind of a shameless plug here because um, the sponsor for this is Missoula Broadcasting. Of course, bring it on. The first 500 fans through the gate on opening nights will get a free set of moose paddle. Like, their little moose paddle, it's like a little foam sure. finger like type of a little thing. I saw them yesterday. It's kind of like a foam hat type of a deal. It's sure. kind of a fun little giveaway for fans and there's some other promotional things happening throughout the weekend that we can touch on later but um should be a lot of fun at the ballpark on saturday night 705 first pitch well this will also obviously be very fun for you to get into the the ranks of the pioneer league and, and be calling games yeah. on both tv and radio and congratulations on the new job welcome to town we're very happy to have you we'll get you out of here on this then what is the thing that besides obviously the thrills of your own personal experience you know calling a new team being in a new town all that stuff 
What are you most excited about for this team? What excites you about the roster that you see and the talent you've seen on display uh, as the Paddleheads have uh, trudged through spring training here these last couple days? Well, I, I think the thing that I'm most excited about is the talent level. I mean, this is a very good baseball team. It looks not just on paper, just watch them work out as well. Like they, they just look great on the field. And, and it's a good group of guys as well. Just a, a fun group of guys. I'll use an example. I'm Kita De La Cruz, one of the pitchers on the staff for the um, Paddleheads. He's kind of like kind of just seems like a fun guy to be around. And yesterday they played like an inter-squad exhibition game and because they needed to fill like lineups because they wanted to see pitchers just face hitters and it didn't matter who it was. So they were pulling pitchers up to get into the box basically. And Keita De La Cruz got into the box and you could hear a lot of the guys from in the dugout kind of giving them a hard time, you know, not like in a malicious way, but you know, saying kind of funny things to them and stuff like that. You could kind of get like the, the, you could get the vibe of the team that they're having fun and it's a good group of guys and they're, you know, that they just want to play some ball and put on a good show. And I think that's fantastic and should be a fun weekend. Like I said, 705 on Saturday, got some more stuff going on through the weekend. Kids get in for free on Sunday afternoon. That's a 505 first pitch kids 10 and under get in for free. And there's also a $1 ticket promotion on for the game on Monday. All tickets on Monday are $1. It's kind of like a thank you type of deal for the community of Missoula kind of, you know, we didn't have baseball all last season. This is kind of like a, hey, thanks for sticking around and supporting us. So we hope you guys come out to the yard this weekend and through the whole summer. Those little paddleheads, each and every game, home and away, all 92 of them right here on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Keep it here, Nuanas, now because we'll have tickets for you throughout the entire season as well. Jeff Safford, Missoula Paddleheads, new voice. Thanks so much for coming by, buddy. We'll, uh, we'll be doing this plenty so you get to know the people well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks for having me on. Brett Hine, he covers Weaver State for the Ogden Standard Examiner. Was spring football worth it for the Wildcats? They made the playoffs, but they went one and done. Brent will tell you more right after this. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home What's up, Montana? Welcome back. It's Nuana is now. One-stop shop for all things sports across the great treasure state each and every weekday. 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanez. Thanks so much for riding with us on a Thursday. Been a fun show so far. Dylan Rollins, the recently anointed Montana Gatorade Player of the Year and a future BYU Cougar who's from right here in Missoula, Montana. 
He stopped by the studio to kick off our senior spotlight. We also heard from Carolyn, our resident chick who doesn't know sports, and also had our debut of Jeff Safford, the new voice of the Missoula Paddleheads. Uh, happy to have Jeff in town. Happy to have him uh, in the ranks here at ESPN Missoula. He'll be calling each and every Missoula Paddleheads minor league baseball game for us. Uh, here on uh, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Time now to go to the Rangish Brothers RV phone line and continue a series we've been doing for a couple weeks. We haven't been really pounding this out. It's not really consistent in terms of days. I've just been wanting to catch up with guys from around the Big Sky Conference and the FCS that had an opportunity to cover football this last spring. And so we do that again now to continue our Big Sky Conference Beat Riders series. Brett Hine, he covers Weber State for the Ogden Standard Examiner. He's been down there in Ogden covering Weber for quite some time and always enjoyed his coverage. Brett, how you living, my man? Haven't talked to you in a while. Haven't seen you in a while either. How's things? Uh, no, it's been a while with the, with the pandemic and stuff. We just don't see each other very often. But, but yeah, it's, sports are exciting. You just you were just running down your, your day today, and it's you got a BYU kid going here to down here to Utah and a pioneer league play-by-play guy I've, I've been ramping up for baseball season that starts this weekend so it's an exciting time and and uh sports are getting back to mostly normal so it, it's good stuff we're going to start rather than lead up and, and build up to the ultimate question i'm just going to lay the ultimate question on you first and then we'll hash out all the details weaver state won five and zero in big sky conference play as well as i guess that was the only play that they had during spring football but they won five straight games in the regular season and they made the playoffs uh, during the spring football season but then they lost in the first round of the fcs spring football playoffs was the spring season worth it for weaver state Oh, absolutely it was. Uh, obviously, that's a disappointing way to end it. They were probably a better team than that, but they had enough flaws that kind of uh, they've been able to, you know, work past and win games, and it, they just couldn't get past them in that playoff game to a Southern Illinois team who had South Dakota State on the ropes in the next round, probably should have beat them. Um, so I actually just talked to Jay Hill recently, and he said, you know, that's, that's not how we want to end the season, but that one game doesn't undo everything that, that we that we did. So um, they got, you know, obviously had a brand new quarterback that they got to. He, he started five of those six games. Um, that wouldn't have happened if they opted out. So that's just one example of of the many ways that it was worth it to Weber State um, to to play in the in the spring season. Were you surprised uh, when they did run the table in the Big State Conference, but then were not awarded a playoff seat? Um, a little surprised because gen- generally, just because the Big Sky is well well enough thought of that that if you've got an unbeaten league champ from the Big Sky, they probably should get a seat, even though there's half as many seeds in this uh, in the you know condensed playoffs. But at the same time, they uh, you know, by their own admission, they left they left opportunities on the table to win games more convincingly. Uh, the same reason they lost that playoff game is the same reason that they were beating teams by a touchdown or less instead of several touchdowns. It was uh, red zone efficiency and red zone mistakes. So, you know, it it, it you could see both sides. I mean, the the committee was definitely within their purview to see those outcomes and. The fact that they didn't play Eastern Washington and say, you know, that we, in this, this with only four seeds, we don't think they deserve one. So it was, it, it was 
kind of a weird season, and that's just one of the one of the odd things that the many odd things that happened in the season. Brett Hine joining us. He covers Weber State for the Ogden Standard Examiner. Let's talk about, you mentioned the quarterback, Bronson Barron. He had an outstanding debut. I watched that game, uh, Weber State's first game against Idaho State. He threw for 312 yards and four touchdowns. Came back to earth after that. He only threw three more touchdowns the rest of the way, but still was solid. And I know that from a, a broad view, people that cover the Big Sky Bradley and people that cover the FCS, they've seen what Jay Hill's been building out there in Ogden, Utah. They've seen the, the great defense, the great special teams play. I think the common narrative has been the one thing that's been missing is elite quarterback play. And obviously, Weber State uh, stayed of flux a little bit in the offseason coming out of 2019 uh, with Jay Constantine entering the NCAA transfer portal. But now they got this this big, strong kid uh, who looks like he's pretty darn talented in Bronson Barron. So tell people just a little bit about uh, his background, how Weber State landed this guy, and maybe what his potential is, because it seems like the experience this spring really set the table for him, especially coming into next fall. Yeah, so uh, he was the guy who um, he went to high school in, in Utah, uh, kind, of, kind of south of Salt Lake area, and probably under-recruited, um, came from a program that, that produced a couple Division One quarterbacks in a, in a short stretch. And, um, and he, as, as many of us Utahns are, he, he is uh, LDS and served a, a mission. Uh, he did get back uh, maybe probably a year before the season, since the season was postponed. So he'd been home for a while, but still hadn't played a real football game in three years. Um, so yeah, he came out and, and looked great in that opener against Idaho State, and those those numbers were in three quarters too. He didn't play in the fourth quarter, um, so that was certainly a good start. Uh, he broke his left wrist in the second game, missed the third, played through it, didn't tell anybody until after, <laughs> uh, missed the third game, and then played through it the rest of the season. Um, so yeah, I mean. Kind of maybe what you could expect out of a, a freshman quarterback who hadn't played in three years is uh, definitely the talent shown through. There were also some times here and there where maybe there's some inexperience, and and they if if you know Montana Montana State fans watched Weber State over the last several years, they would know that the offense really struggled to move the ball consistently. Um, this year, they moved the ball between the twenties like an elite team. And whether it was play calling or execution and turnovers, uh, just didn't come together in the red zone like they needed it to. But yeah, I, I think with a, him being a freshman and what's ahead, they definitely have what they want in that position. It's just a matter of, of him and the team growing together from this point. Brett Hine joining us, covers Weber State at the Ogden Standard Examiner. Brett, let's talk a little bit about the other side of the ball. Defensively, Connor Mortensen, a great story, a guy who, uh, I guess if you haven't followed, sort of came out of nowhere, but a guy who's been building his internal reputation in the Weber State program a couple years. But he had a great year and uh, a lot of accolades uh, in the postseason. But what else did you take from Weber? First, start with Mortensen, but what else did you take from from Weber State's defense? Did they look on par with some of the, the great units that Coach Hill and his team have had over the last handful of years? Uh, for the most part, they did. Uh, yeah, but Connor Mortensen's the kind of guy that you—that's he's—he's the reason that it's fun to call it, follow college sports. Um, just undersized linebacker. Um, when he first got into the program, you know, you see someone like him, and you're like, well, you, 
he may play special teams a little bit. Um, but he's re- worked really hard, um, hard enough that uh, Jay Hill runs a. They usually run a four-three defense, um, but against the, the option teams like Cal Poly uh, and such at Kennesaw, they they have a completely different defense that they run. And before he be, even became a starter in the regular rotation, Connor Mortensen was was playing with like a hybrid safety. That's kind of the linchpin of their option defense, and he was just incredible at it. And then here we are this year, these last two years, especially this year, you know, he's starting and he looks every bit the role of a, a defensive MVP. So just a really cool story. Um, the rest of the defense, you know, most of the defensive backs returned. Um, they, they were freshmen and sophomores that all started in 2019, and, and they were all back. Um, the defensive line got a lot of, they got a lot of uh, workout as far as the depth goes. Uh, I think it was a game against Southern Utah where uh, they were out like all of their their top DEs, like their, their top two deep defensive ends on both sides. Um, and they still held Southern Utah to their, their worst output of the season. So um, defense is never really, a, the, it's a crit testament to Jay Hill and the, and the staff and, and the players who buy in defense has never been a problem or it's never come to a point where no one really worries about it even when you know top guys I'm trying to think in the past you know the Grand Toya and Landon Stice and all these like first team all conference guys no one really worries when they leave because they know that that there's going to be guys ready to take over so that's that's definitely been the calling card and the strong point for the for the program to succeed like it has so far. Give us your take on the rest of the Big Sky because obviously half the league didn't really play. I guess close to half the league, but Montana, Montana State, Sacramento State, Portland State, Northern Colorado all did not play any spring football games. Then Cal Poly uh, called it off about four games into the spring football season, but seven teams did finish uh, the duration of the spring. But you got to see let, – let's just go through who you got to see uh, just in terms of when they were playing Weber State. Idaho State played Weber State twice. What are your thoughts on the Bengals? Yeah, Idaho State – so the first thing that jumps out with Idaho State is their quarterback, uh, Tyler Vanderwall, who is a transfer from Wyoming. Uh, he – he looked a little rusty in the first game. Weaver, I think Weaver got him to throw three picks. Um, but he's kind of a gunslinger that way. Uh, he really has no fear, and he has a big arm. Talented, um, right? And yeah, he really, really got a really good yeah. arm for sure. And so he really started, after he got his feet under him, he really started to show that off against everyone else. And, and him alone makes Idaho State a tough out uh, going forward. And they had a really young secondary, and that's <laughs> Weaver State kind of picked on him in that opener. They threw... I don't know, four or five 40 plus yard passes uh, in that game. So, but it's, they, they seem to have enough of a, a, a program and a culture that, that they're going to be a team that I think will, will keep taking steps forward, especially, you know, Vanderwall, I think, has a couple more seasons left to play. So he'll have them in, in most of the games they play in. And NAU, what were your thoughts on NAU? I only got to catch NAU one time on the live stream. What did you think of Northern Arizona? 
just big picture wise, they seem kind of like the same NAU teams we we've come to know and love. I guess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know. I, I'm just so just, interested to know because they, they are, and it, it is a funny joke for people that cover the Big Sky because NAU is always up and down. They're always are going to win a game that they're not supposed to, and they're always always going to lose one or two as well. I'm just so so interested in what the talent is going to be like there because one thing Jerome Sowers could do is he could recruit. They always had some of the best players in the league. They just could never could fully put it together to make a full playoff run. But um, now with Chris Ball heading into his second season, uh, a whole new look in terms of the guy in charge. Yeah, and it, it's it's funny. I said the same in AU, and you know exactly what I was talking about. Like some <laughs> exactly. some weeks they look they look really good, and some weeks they don't. And but yeah, they've got a lot of talent. I'm not sure what their status is with some of their top guys uh, as far as coming back next year. But they have you know two probably two of the best receivers in the league and uh you know some some solid linebacker play and stuff like that so um just really kind of waiting and seeing them them and idaho i feel like are the same they've got some really top level talent but for some reason it never quite comes together in any sort of consistent fashion so it's just kind of waiting and seeing if to see if they they can make that happen and so utah they have a pretty talented young quarterback i thought that the justin miller kid looked pretty darn good for a sophomore yeah, uh, Justin Miller, I, I mean, this is the first time anybody got to see him. Um, and he, uh, I, I'm guessing at the, through the season, he finished with the highest pass efficiency rating. He just took care of the football, didn't really throw picks. Um, you know, they picked their spots to throw downfield, got a lot of short short yardage stuff. Um, and between him and... Um, the, the linebacker, I don't know if you had a chance to watch Southern Utah's defense. Um, I feel comfortable saying that uh, I'm going to go for his name because I know how to say Polynesian names. Uh, <laughs> La Akia Ka'o Ohano Hano Davis. Very good. His name. Well done. If you, if you get a chance to watch him play, he's probably the best linebacker in the league. I don't. He's uh, physically imposing um, he's, and he's got Way way more speed than a guy his size should have. So um, they've they've at least got those uh, kind of leaders on each side of the ball to to build around. And and they were, I think, through four games, they the, every single game was decided by like three or less points. They were they were losing games in the final ten seconds almost every week. So certainly they have something to build on going into the fall uh, for sure. Well, Brett. We could talk Big Sky football forever, and maybe we'll have you back out before the uh, the summer wraps up. But we appreciate you swinging by today. And uh, before we let you go, let people know how they can find you because I know that a lot of people up here in Montana they definitely like keeping their eye on Weber State. Oh yeah, you can you can send your troll tweets to uh, Weber <laughs> HQ on on Twitter. Uh, that's I, that's where I do most of my my blabbering is uh, Weber HQ on Twitter. But yeah, and, and anything, my serious reporting is done at standard.net for, for the Ogden Standard Examiner. Gotta love it. Brett Hine, the latest in our Big Sky Conference Beat Riders series, joining us here on Nuanez Now. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Keep it right here, Nuanez Now. Going to give you the rundown for what we got in Friday's show. It's going to be a fun one, as it always is. 102.90 ESPN Missoula.
Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. What is now on ESPN Radio. What's up, Montana? Happy Thursday. Thanks so much for spending some time with us. It's Nuanez Now. 1029 ESPN Missoula. SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanez. Miss anything in the show. Awesome show. Got our Senior Spotlight Series kicked off. This is going to highlight some of the best male and female high school seniors from across the great state of Montana with interviews throughout the entire summer. Dylan Rollins, Missoula Sentinel Senior, Joined us to kick the series off. He recently won Montana Gatorade Player of the Year. He's the first Montana football Gatorade Player of the Year from Missoula and the first from Missoula Sentinel. So congratulations to him. It was great having him in studio. We also heard from Carolyn, our resident chick who doesn't know sports. And we also uh, shared our Treasure State Stars for the week. One that would have, an athlete that would have made it in Treasure State Stars. But I had it all uh, decided and figured out before uh, the press release came across the wire is Megan McGrath. Megan actually joined us yesterday. Excuse me. I have a little bit of a cough still. She joined us yesterday on Nuanas Now as part of our Garden City Spotlight. And earlier today, she was selected as an all-region selection from the University of Montana softball team. Just the second all-region selection from the history of UM softball. Chris head coach Melanie Michael in a press release said, I'm so proud and happy for Megan. It's exciting to see her physical and mental growth to be able to play at this level and her ability day in and day out to present her skill set and play the game she loves with so much pride and success. McGrath was awesome. She hit almost 500 in the uh, in the Big State Conference tournament. Oh, in fact, actually, final statistics here from Joel Carlson from UM Sports Information. Hit 556 during the Big Sky Tournament, which is amazing. Uh, and she also hit 410 with 13 home runs. So an awesome season by Megan McGrath and the best news for Montana. She is only a junior, so she will be back next year for her senior year. So that probably would have been part of our Treasure State Stars as well. Second hour, a couple great guests. Jeff Safford, he's the new voice of the Missoula Paddleheads. We talked all things Paddleheads. His backstory, life on the high line before he moved to Missoula as well as get a little preview of the team as well. Missoula Paddleheads kick off their season Saturday at Ogren Park Allegiance Field here in Missoula. And uh, maybe we'll give you some more tickets tomorrow. We'll see. But congratulations to everybody that won tickets to the inaugural Missoula Paddleheads game for Saturday night. We also heard from Brett Hine. He's the beat writer for the Ogden Standard Examiner covering Weber State. We'll continue to round up beat writers from across the big sky as well. Want to find any of that? It's on the podcast. Just find it on any of your podcast hosting platforms. Rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Blackfoot Communications, Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, and Sportsbet Montana, proud presenters of 
the Nuanez Now podcast. Tomorrow, Regime Seabrook will be back in studio with me. We'll be together in person for the first time in several weeks. So look forward to seeing my main guy, Regime. That'll be fun. Freddie Banks, Montana State defensive coordinator, will join us, as will Deary Todd. He's the new defensive tackle for the Grizz football team. Nuanez Now, 4 p.m. tomorrow. We'll see you then. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.